Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Chris Weeks. Chris has been with Samaritan's Purse for 20 years in the legal department. And today, he's going to talk about a new affiliate office that Samaritan's Purse is opening in South Korea. All right. So thank you for joining me. I know your time is precious as you just come out of quarantine. Uh, You probably are spending more time in quarantine than you are in the office to get here. Absolutely. So first, could you just introduce yourself and tell me what you do for Samaritan's Purse? Sure. Uh, My name is Chris Weeks. Um, I started at Samaritan's Purse right at 20 years ago. I started here in the legal department. I was the second attorney hired to be in-house in the legal department. And as part of my duties, um, one of the main things that I started with is working with our overseas offices. So we had projects field offices that were set up. At the time we had about uh, 20, I believe. And uh, they needed legal counsel and legal help. We would go in in a disaster, but the places that we were working were becoming increasingly complex from a legal and regulatory standpoint. They were starting to treat the NGOs or the missionaries that were coming in more like businesses and expecting that they would abide by rules and regulations. And um, the attitude of a lot of folks going in to help is, well, we're here, we're here to help. Why would you make me do all these things? But employment laws, uh, immigration laws, um, import, export, things like that were Uh, in every place that we worked there. And we wanted to preserve our Christian witness. We wanted to be above reproach. We wanted to do the things that we do to the highest standard. And so I started working out in the field all over the world, uh, working with our projects field offices to make sure that they were properly registered, that our employees were hired and had proper employment contracts, that the things and people that we were getting in and out of the countries to do the work that we do were moving in and out properly according to whatever law or rule was in place. And so that was my early time with Samaritan's Purse. And sometime during that time, I was asked to look also at our, what we were calling then our affiliate offices. And uh, so I uh, started looking at those and there were offices around in developed countries operating as Samaritan's Purse. And I realized we didn't have a lot of um, structure to those relationships. So I started working to um, establish agreements with them, something like partnership agreements. At some point uh, during my career, we moved, uh, my wife and I, our family moved to uh, Nairobi. Worked there for a couple of years because at that time, half of our project's field offices were in Africa and I was spending a lot of time over there. My wife also got a job. She's school administrator and got a job as the principal of a Christian school in Nairobi. So we we as a family had always wanted to um, be involved in missions and be on the mission field. And we had prayed as a family for God's opportunity for us to go on the mission field somewhere and serve together. And God opened the door for us to move to Nairobi so that my wife could work in a Christian school and I could do my Samaritan's Purse job from there. And the our children who at the time were in, in elementary and middle school had a great Christian school to go to with their mom. and. Um, So we moved there and um, I worked from there, but then uh, my work with the affiliate offices really ramped up and um, we we were only there two years. I came back and then I took on a primary role besides being in the legal department and uh, transitioning at the time up to general counsel and handling all the legal affairs. I also worked as the 
main liaison, if you will, with all of our affiliate offices. And so I spent a lot of time with them and starting to try and understand how an affiliate office was different, how it worked, what its role was. And as a ministry, what was the goal of having these kinds of offices and how could we improve, be better stewards of the resources there and uh, work more closely with them? And so um, from about 2009 or 10, um, I've, spent a, I've spent a lot of time working with our overseas affiliate offices and um, that led to, um, I think my current role where um, as we've decided and made a decision over time to open a new affiliate office in South Korea, we knew we needed someone from our headquarters office to go there and um, oversee that process. And um, I was asked to do that and have done that. And so my wife and I moved over there uh, early this year and are serving there, getting that office started. That is awesome. And would you mind explaining the difference between affiliate offices and field offices? Sure, sure. Um, very simply, a field office is where we spend money and an affiliate office is where we raise it. Uh, so so um, the offices where we're actually doing work for beneficiaries to meet needs, those are projects field offices in our language here. But an affiliate office is a place like the U.S. Um, we think of maybe more in a developed world context where there are donors, evangelical Christians, uh, employees, volunteers, resources uh, that God provides for us to engage in the global work of the ministry. So, um, and so for those listening that maybe aren't aware, where are affiliate offices with Samaritan's Purse currently? Okay, well, we have affiliate offices right now in the UK, Germany, Australia, and Canada. And at some point we... Um, made a decision to be a bit more strategic about where the next one would be. About mm -hmm. six years ago, we did a research project where we said, okay, um, just to back up, the offices that we have now were never strategically mm -hmm. planned. They're kind of opportunistic, if you will, in how we set them up. Um, the UK office, for instance, comes from an organization that remained after Billy Graham's crusades in London in the 1950s and they just kept an organization there to be able to do ministry activities. And at some point in the early 90s, late 80s probably, um, actually, the, um, that entity, that organization, that group of people decided that they wanted to do Operation Christmas Child and they needed something to do Operation Christmas Child. So they used that organization. And over time, that turned into a Samaritan's Purse office. Some of the challenges that we were having with making those individual things work like one global organization, we thought maybe if we were more strategic about how to set one of these up, we could be better stewards and more efficient in our ministry. And so we, we did a project about six years ago, me and a couple of other folks here, and we thought, let's gather all the information that we know about affiliate offices, and let's see if we could put factors down that would indicate success for an affiliate office. What would those look like? How could we gather that information, quantify it somehow, and then predict where or point to where we ought to have one? So we looked at things like, where's there a large evangelical Christian potential donor base in a country where those people have disposable income, in a place where there is a culture of philanthropy, um, a, 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 a practice of people giving to charities, um, in a place that doesn't have 
anti-American sentiment, because as we work globally, as much as we might like to not, we look like Americans in the way we communicate, and, and they know who we are. And um, in some places, the fact that we are an American-based organization means that we cannot succeed because there, there is a, an inclination against us for that reason. And then we looked at some factors about where is it easy to do business? Where do they promote foreigners coming, foreign organizations coming in and doing business? And we were able to pull out surveys and data about all of those factors, put it into an Excel spreadsheet, weighed it, quantify it, and it told us clearly that the next place we needed to open an affiliate office was South Korea. And there was no close second place. Um, in, in South Korea, you have all of those things. You have an amazingly active and vibrant evangelical church that is mission-focused, mission-minded. Uh, uh, South Korea sends more uh, missionaries, international missionaries per capita than any other country in the world, and they almost send more just total than the U.S., who is, you know, n number one maybe, but uh, that is now going back and forth. They may almost send as many or, uh, missionaries abroad as we do, uh, depending on which sources you look at. Um, it is a developed country that has wealth, and they have a spirit of giving wealth away, giving charitably. Their churches are very well supported. Um, there is a strong pro-American sentiment there from, from history and, and the war and, and so forth and their government is stable and there's little corruption. So you can come in and be fairly certain that there are rules. Mm -hmm. If you set up correctly and follow the rules, you can do business and you don't have to worry about being, um, you know, just uh, ra randomly um, uh, bothered by bureaucracy or things like that. So it's a, it's a relatively easy place to do business. And there are all the factors that would seem to suggest there would be donors there that would support the kinds of activities that we do at Samaritan's Purse. And so um, we decided, I think it was six years ago, that that was the next place. Uh, senior leadership met and decided uh, that we needed to investigate it further. I went over uh, two separate times, trips over there, met with attorneys, church leaders, realtors to see if there was office space, just all, all, a, a group of people to confirm the data and came back bo both times saying, yeah, yes, um, uh, there's great enthusiasm for the kind of work we do. We would be well supported. We should do this. And uh, we, we, we made a decision then that that's where we should go next. And then when it got down to, okay, when and what will it take? Mm -hmm. We saw the amount of resources that would take to do it well. And the timing from a ministry perspective was not right. It was, we need to go there, but not yet. Uh, there, there were many things going on here in, in uh, Boone uh, that were requiring the resources of the ministry. One that I recall clearly was we were just starting to think about the Decision America tour, and um, everybody understood that that was going to take a broad effort across every department of the ministry. A lot of resources would be devoted, and there was a feeling that at that time that that was more important for the organizational goals and so forth. And so we just put on hold... Uh, the idea of an office in South Korea. Until about a, a little over a year ago, um, I was contacted and said, you know, get that file out, dust it off, and look at it again. Now's the time that we need to go. And so I started, I went back over and met with um, the attorneys, some of the pastors, other people that we'd met with before and made sure that things hadn't changed and was encouraged that we needed to do this. And so 
we started uh, looking at everything and, and getting the wheels turning to, to set the office up then. And I imagine it's difficult to set up a, an office, but then now you add COVID in the mix. Yes. <laughs> how have you, I mean, how have you hit some roadblocks, but also seen God move and work? Well, um, the, the roadblocks specifically related to the COVID-19 virus have to do primarily with the fact that um, South Korea has been very uh, aggressive in clamping down on the ways that they think the virus is transmitted. And they think that the way, oh, I can't speak as a health department official, but it seems from their response is that they're very concerned about large gatherings of people, mm -hmm. groups of people. And so a lot of the churches still now are not meeting regularly. Um, and um, anytime there's any flare up of cases or whatnot, they clamp down and they'll say oh, only groups of 50 or less or 10 or less can get together. And so the church is struggling. Uh, it's difficult to get a group of people together to tell them what you're doing. And so a typical ramp up would be to contact people that we think we would wanna partner and work with in, in evangelical churches where we have uh, connections. And it's difficult to get those people to come to a meeting you know, you, you can meet for lunch with somebody, but not for a, with a group of people to talk about the kinds of work that you're doing, which is what we would typically do. So it's been difficult to communicate our work and get people to understand that even, even that we are there, uh, other than just through social media and things like that. But the one-on-one the -on -one kind of meetings that we would typically have, we, we've had a difficult time with. And the other thing that's, that's made it difficult is... Um, when, if we would set up something like this, the success really depends on our connection back to headquarters. There are a lot of resources here that for an affiliate office to work well, we depend really on, we don't wanna reinvent the wheel. We wanna use this massive storehouse of human resources, experience, knowledge, uh, know-how, and the ability of people from communications or IT or uh, any other department that we would want to help us have come and help us set up systems and get things started. We would typically draw those people from the US. They'd come over, stay a little while, help us get things started and they'd go home once we were going. And, and now no, no one can do that. I mean, it, it, it's actually possible, but it's not a good idea because when you fly over you immediately go into two weeks of quarantine, then you get tested, and then only are you only then are you able to get out of quarantine and start to work. And then for a while, when you came back home, then you're two weeks in quarantine. So any small trip over where you might want to do a week worth of work would involve four weeks total in isolation or quarantine. And people here are busy, <laughs> and not many people say, okay, I'm willing to um, spend a month in isolation to come over and help you for a few days. And so we've had to do a lot of the work that would normally be done by bringing people over who know how to get things going and set up the Samaritan's Purse way. We've had to, you know, video conference and um, do it different ways. And that has really uh, slowed down the pace at which we can get things established. And, and so... We've just had to do things differently and um, have the expectation that in this unprecedented time, um, 
we're going to have to go at things a little more slowly, more deliberately. Um, we're going to have to develop some of these skills and abilities and human resources locally uh, instead of bringing folks over from the U.S. to help. And so that that's been a challenge. But um, yeah, we've seen we've uh, we've seen the Lord uh, provide the resources that we need. Um, things that we normally would have imported or brought over, we're finding there in some unexpected ways. Um, the, the interesting scripture that God's keep bringing, it brought me to is the example of this in scripture is um, from another Bible study I was doing about um, who, who God is. We know who God is by what he tells us about himself and what he calls himself. And one of the great passages about that is over in Exodus chapter three, where he's talking to Moses. He tells Moses, um, you know, I, I need you to go to Egypt and deliver a message and, and do these things. And M Moses is talking about how he feels inadequate and doesn't think he can do it. And God tells him, well, I've asked you to do this. Remember who I am and what I can do. In particular, Mo Moses is complaining about his inability to speak and communicate with the people, which is my number one problem, not understanding the language and, and being able to speak to people. And um, Moses complains about his um, slow tongue and inability to communicate. And God says, remember who, who made you and made your mouth? Mm -hmm. I, I did. And then after arguing back and forth a, a bit, then God says, uh, and I will bring Moses, uh, Aaron to help you. And, and Moses looks up and Aaron's on his way. And, 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 and God has sent like this, he's provided. Anytime we feel overwhelmed or inadequate because we don't understand the language and the culture's so different and we don't have the help that we would expect normally showing up on an airplane from North Carolina, um, God has brought those people across our path. Uh, one example, I mean, just, just interestingly, um, when people found out we were moving to Seoul in our, in our Sunday school class here in Boone, um, one of the guys that I'm friends with said, I think there's a guy in Seoul that I graduated high school with. He went to Watauga High and he lives over there. I'll see if I can track him down on social media. And uh, a week later, he shot me an email and said, you need to contact this guy and tell him you know me and he'll remember that he went to high school with me and, and my cousin and all this stuff. So I get over to uh, Seoul I find this guy, email him, and we meet. And I go in and sit down in a restaurant where I'm very different and nobody's speaking English. This guy shows up and he's like a guy from my Sunday school class. He's lived there 20 years. He went over there in the military. He met and married a Korean lady. He um, came back to the US, but then he got a job working with a manufacturing company, was sent over there very successful, um, ended up in charge of research and development for uh, one of the large shoe manufacturers, went out and st started his own consulting business, and now he does business and HR consulting services for foreign companies coming over. He, he does exactly what we need. And sitting and talking to him in this foreign place where I don't know much is like talking to a guy from Boone, because he is, and, and um, he has been tremendously helpful. I never would have thought that I'd go to a city of 25 million people 
and find another guy from Boone that, that, that who, whose mom's in a, you know, a care facility uh, half a mile from my house and I know all of his cousins. You know, it, and I think God is gracious and shows us things like that. That is awesome. It's cool because it, it, it's affirmation. You're where you're supposed to be and I will provide. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that because, yeah, I think it's good to be proactive and I think Samaritan's Purse logistically are so capable oh, yeah. and do things so well, which is amazing. But sometimes it's good to be shaken up and yes. to take away those comfort zones and those comforts because you wouldn't have dug deep like that. No. You know, you would have re- relied on, and I think Cindy Bonsall said last week with Children's Heart Project, they just sent the, the families back to Mongolia. And they, she said, you know, we've been doing this 17 years. We could do it with our, a blindfold on, the logistics and the coordination, but this rocked them. You know, everything went out the window, but they saw God work and kind of like that. Like, I love those stories because God sees you and he, he's not surprised, no. and he will accomplish his purposes, and all he needs is our obedience and our willingness. And I love the way that you're reflecting and, and showing how he is faithful. Yeah, we're not. I've been told time and time again, I'm, I'm not making a plan, I'm figuring out God's plan. Yes. The plan is there, mm-hmm. you know, and God knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing when he sent me over there to do this job, someone who mm-hmm. does not speak Korean, who's not Asian, for whom all of this is very foreign and overwhelming, but it's driven us to a place of utter dependence on God. And I think in that place, He is blessing us. Mm-hmm. And I think He's glorified and honored by that. I love that. And I ho- I pray that He will continue to tangibly show you and remind you when you doubt, okay. why am I here? What am I doing? Because like you said, you've lived overseas before, but this is a completely different part of the world. Yes. Um, and to me, Asia is, I think, even harder. Um, it- Surprisingly so, you know, I I, I thought, okay, we've lived in an an underdeveloped country. Now we're going to like first world economy. This will be so much easier. It is exactly the opposite because everything is developed. There are processes for everything. There is a way, a right way to do everything. And it is totally foreign and in a language I can't read. When we were in Africa, there were not so many rules and things. And so you could just sort of use your intuition and, and some common sense and um, you could make things work almost by force of will. But there, there is no making people do it your way. They have a way and it works, it's super efficient. And um, people there say, anything is possible, but nothing is easy. <laughs> and, and, and that's been our experience. It, it has been uh, much more difficult because of those things than, uh, than we expected. But um, it, it, it allows us, it drives us to for, uh, greater dependence on God, but that's where we need to be because um, yeah, it's, it's his work, not ours. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I'm so thankful that you're seeing his hand and you're looking to him for guidance. Um, and I think that is the best place to be. Um, so you mentioned scripture, you mentioned um, the way that God's been tangibly showing you and guiding you. But how can we be praying for your team um, and for the churches there in South Korea? Well, pray for wisdom. Uh, what we're doing's never been done before. All of the other affiliate offices are not new. You know, they, they're 30 years old or more and we're already there. And what we're trying to do in South Korea, we've set it up a different way legally. Um, there's a lot different about it. So there's no, there's no uh, pattern there to follow. Um, we're just taking what we've learned and trying to take the best of it and, and do the best we can uh, to set up something that's very new for um, an affiliate office. Uh, but 
in the midst of all of that, then you're in a, a situation in the world that is unprecedented, uncharted, where you're trying to, um, you know, pull out the uh, OCC startup um, manual, and it involves, it certainly involves people having face-to-face interactions and meetings of groups of more than 10 people. And so how do we work around some of those restrictions in a country where they're really clamping down on um, social interactions and distancing there is much stricter than it is in the U.S.? So we need wisdom to know how to get this started, to make a good um, God-honoring first impression so that we can start well. Um, we need, we need to um, continue to see God bring us these divine appointments, and, and he has. He's brought us just what we need when we need it. So pray for patience to mm-hmm. wait for these appointments. We, we are assembling a staff, and um, we, we need God to continue to bring us these pieces, these people, these human resources that we're going to need to establish a good foundation so that we can, um, we can build a strong team that will be able to run, run the race well in the in, long term. Um, I would ask selfishly, I guess, for prayer to learn the language. It is so different um, to walk down the street, not be able to read any sign or any, understand anything anyone is saying um, is, is challenging and disorienting even in a way that's hard to explain. And, um, you know, um, I would like to be able, uh, starting to pick up some things, but I think uh, I could be much more effective and our team of expats would be much more effective as, as we learn the language and are able to communicate better. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I think there's just so much that goes into this. And obviously I have so many more questions, but I think you covered the bulk and the way for us to pray because um, this is, yeah, like you said, a long process and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think in a way COVID hopefully is allowing you to set things right, slow and steady rather than a deep dive. So we'll be praying, but Thank you for uh, filling us in and giving us an overview of what's happening, but we will definitely be praying. Thank you again for tuning in today. I hope you will pray for the South Korea office as they continue to start to open, Um, but also be praying as this is the first year they'll be collecting Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. And so I hope you enjoyed learning just like I did. What is required to open up an affiliate office? There are so many moving parts and logistics happening all around the world. And I'm so grateful for people like Chris who are willing to use their gifts, talents, and abilities to serve with Samaritan's Purse. Chris gave so many examples of God's provision and I enjoyed hearing his heart of obedience and surrender. I love the reminder Chris gave of when God called Moses in Exodus. And I'm gonna close reading chapter four because it's a great reminder that when God calls us, he equips us. Chapter four, Verse 10 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in past time, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Then go, and even I will be your mouth and teach you what you are to say. I just love that reminder. I encourage you today with so many uncertainties and things going on, if God calls you to do something, He will equip you. He will give you the words to say and He will help you through it. So rely on Him and keep looking to Him for guidance. 
If you want to hear more about our affiliate offices and you haven't tuned in yet to the the other podcast, On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, now would be a great time. Our next episode will be spotlighting the work our affiliate offices are doing in light of COVID-19. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you have a great week.